Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. Back Goldie, hanging on. Jeff Petrie shoots, rebound, Suzuki scores! The first of the goal goal for Nick Suzuki, and it's 3 0 Montreal. And up gave it away. Brendan Gallagher walking in, he scores! Shooter came to the left side. He had some chances tonight, and he buries that one, and it's four to nothing. Welcome into Score North Live. No Rami Makloff today. He's off. I'm Danny Cunningham, and it's time for a little bit of a hockey roundtable, despite the hockey expert Rami not being in town. But the Minnesota Wild have been nothing short of a dumpster fire so far through seven games. They're one and six coming off of a one and two Eastern Canadian road trip. And everything has already gone off the rails. I'm Danny Cunningham, joined for the full, the full two hour say by Brian Murphy. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff are with us for the first hour, at least to talk a lot of Minnesota wild hockey. But we had not only a bad loss last night for nothing to the Canadians, but we had a players only meeting on October 17th, which has to be the earliest players only meeting in the history of any sports season ever. Right. I, I mean, that's that's where this has to be. The Wild were not supposed to necessarily be good, but I think we're at the point where they're worse than anyone had ever expected. Right, Judd? That's correct, yes. Yeah, we thought that they, I believe when Declan and I were doing the season preview on Judd's Hockey Podcast, our speculation was maybe fringe playoff team, probably not, but might be an eight seed. This team is... They'll hang around. Yeah, this team right now is the Dolphins, the Orioles, the Tigers. They are awful. They're slow. The older players are slow. And not as skilled, obviously, as they used to be. The younger players, if they are going to be good someday, aren't there yet. This is a terrible team. And you know what's even better? They don't have any accountability. That's awesome, too. Yeah. I mean, they are starting to point fingers. They're starting to snipe. They're not getting along. They're calling players-only meetings, as you said, October 17th. 17th. Yeah, after after <laughs> a loss, which is, like, there's nothing. Here, Here's my problem to, to, uh, to start this conversation with. There's nothing else really to give here, though. Like this is them. Mm-hmm. They're they are. they're not good. So you're meeting to say what we um, Zach, you should become more skilled. Eric no, Stahl, get faster. No, but like, there's there's they're terribly sloppy with the puck and the goaltending is terrible. I mean, Dubnik looks awful right now. I don't want to put all of this on him, but and I mean, Stalek played last night. And played he, two of the three games on the road trip. If and I'm he not won. wrong, right? And he yeah, got he the victory. The, he has the only. Now, how win bad is Ottawa? Year. How bad does Ottawa look? Oh, and they're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they're bad. 
I am all about, I'll start off by saying this. I'm about acceptance here. You're just bad. Hopefully Kaprasov comes over in 2020, 21. You get a high draft pick and you get a top five draft pick, if not top three. But I'm about acceptance here. And I know it's a long year and I know that stinks. But I don't see a way out where this team galvanizes and gets together. And it's like, yeah, here and now we have found it. You're just not good. Yeah. Even as random as hockey is, they might rattle off a four, three or four game win streak, but they don't have anything to sustain long periods of success right now. Look at all their losses. It's the same thing. Same script. Every loss. It's one goal, two goal, three goal, all within like three or four minutes. And and Zucker addressed that as well. They have no spine. They have no spine. But they haven't for years. This is just them at their worst. They're aging worst. This is the crusty old guy he never really liked, and then at the end, it's just brutal to watch. This is them. They don't have a spine. They Are you never... ripping on somebody's grandfather here? I'm just saying, we've all seen old people that don't age gracefully. This is them. <laughs> They're not aging gracefully. But but you can't be surprised here, right? Like, this was never... No, I don't think anybody saw one in six and the optics of what they look like at one in six. No, but I'm Calling saying... playing players-only meetings on the road. But I'm saying the reaction. Like, the fact that it's that it's... Ugly to me does not surprise me. One, I want to I want to dive into the reaction a little bit in a second here. But when you have a players only meeting after seven games, and, and Miko Koivu is the one that stood up and did all the talking, I guess. Well, he's got the C on his jersey. What do you say? Like, what is there to say at this point? Uh, Bruce, you got to be better. <laughs> That's what they came up with out of <laughs> That's that. How they got out. It's, it's all. It's on Bruce. Well, I, I you know Koivu has been. He, I mean, how long has he had the C? Fifteen years. Yeah, twelve. It feels at least like, feels like twenty five. Uh, there's multiple captains running that show in there anyway. I don't know who's listening to who anymore, and right. what, and who's got the credibility to call anybody out at this point because nobody's producing. Nobody's. You know, has there been anybody that's played a game where you could say, "Well, that guy's got it going." And at least he's got his accountability. No and, one. And no, there's no nobody one. <laughs> in there whatsoever. And and you mentioned it, Declan. It's it it, it the pattern is there. It's the here we go again. Uh, Self pity is what yeah. it is. Once they get a goal, they, they give up in the first period. Then one becomes four in a matter of three and a half minutes, yeah. and that just does, does them in. But they can't finish too. So if well, we knew that we knew right. that was going to be but, an issue. But my point keeps being okay. So let's say these lapses get cleaned up. All right, and let's say they give up a goal in the first and third period consistently. They're going to lose a lot two to one then because they can't finish. They have no skill up front. I'm I'm not joking here. But when I watch Eric Stahl, I feel empathy right now. Like, he can't play. And I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know he's if he's just hurt. old. He's just, okay, he's just, just old. He's just, it's but time. but yeah. I'm not dumping on this guy. I'm saying I feel bad for him. I'm watching him try and skate and play. And, you know, two years back, he had 42 goals. And there's nothing there. He's not moving. It, it looks like they have literally recruited... Um, um, what would there be 12, 12 Vanix right now? Oh yeah. They yeah. all look like Thomas Vanek. They, they look like the old school, they look like the old school table hockey game where, where guys were on the, uh, on oh, the up sticks, and down, the up and down sticks yeah. and with it, the, the one where they shake all over the place. Yes. Oh no, 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 no. There you, you would put, put them on their sticks then and. And try and get the players up and down. This is back when there were four channels on yeah. television. But the old, that, yeah. But I, the old, I grew up with at least six. But the old school game was was the players were little metal stanchions, 
and they would rust eventually. And so actually trying to move them got to be a pain, and they couldn't really move. <laughs> that looks like what the wild forwards are like right now. Kevin Fiala is, is Thomas Vanek 2.0 right But uh, it, why isn't thing. anybody younger stepping up Correct. into the void, too? I mean, somebody step up and, and make some plays, look like you belong, take, yeah. take some leadership. You essentially needed one of the four, X, Donato's, Cunnins, Greenway. You needed one of them, probably more two of them, to take a gigantic step forward if you really wanted the Wild to be in the playoff conversation. And so far, none of them have looked uh, particularly great. And, and Ryan Donato has been on the outside of the lineup or playing on the fourth line, for goodness sake. How disappointing is it that none of those young guys have been able to really step up? And you mentioned being one of them being on the fourth line. Like That's not what this team should be if they're going to have to embrace the suck, Judd, as you've said <laughs> off air. If they're going to do that, you have to at least play the younger guys yes. in, and then get them developing. Yes, yes you have absolutely. to give them, them the, the opportunities. Time, but are you, you know, at, at the expense of who? And how is that going to play? Well, it's it's not going to play well, but too bad. You've got to do it. You you have to. And and Fiala and Donato, Greenway, Cunnan, they have to play a lot. And don't scratch them. If I'm Bill Nick Sealer. What's he's rot- he's rotting? Yeah, and, and he played opening night. I think then he got scratched till for last night. Carson Susie uh, till last night. But you've got to. If I'm Billy Garen, I go to Bruce and say, Bruce, I'm not firing you. This isn't your fault. This isn't your doing. I don't think he's going to do that though. Well, but what I would say is, I'm not going to fire you. But what we need to do is play these kids, and I'll take care of the veterans. Garen will. He played for a long time. He's got a ton of credibility. And I would go to those guys and say, I don't want to hear it. You're, you had your time. It's done now. We're bad. They have to admit internally they're awful, right? Like, there's no getting out of being awful here. There's no there's no escape here. Yeah, but I don't think they're the Blues, accept, they're not accepting one in six and the way they're looking at one in six. I don't think they would be if they would not have put it on Bruce last night if they accepted the fact that, you know what, we just stink. Well, if, if you know that you're not good, you don't say our coaching needs to be better. You don't say you shouldn't say that ever anyways. Yeah. But if you think that you're bad, you're never going to come out and say that. You're going to say, you know what, we have to be better in this locker room, and they didn't. Well, then Bill Guerin needs to go to the veteran players and tell them you're just not good. You're not good. This team's not going to win. It's got no chance. Like, there's no, please stop. Craig, everybody else, please stop with this Blues thing. You're not the St. Louis Blues. No, no. Okay? <laughs> yeah, the Blues I know. were limping through the season last year. Yeah, January 3rd, they're the worst team in, in hockey. They then, you know, a gift of God, they get a goaltender. They had a, you know, R- Ryan O'Reilly was given to them by Buffalo. He is a dynamic type of locker room guy. Uh, you're not them. But I think Billy Guerin just has to be say, I took this job, I've seen this now, and I'll sit down with Ryan and Zach and Eric and Miko, and I'll just tell them fl- flat out, and if I can trade you, I'll trade you. Yeah, but this is the direction we're going. Yeah, you've got to, you've got, and you've got to tell Craig that too. But we need to, you know... Somebody's got to tell these guys, stop meeting. I don't need you meeting. It's a waste of our time. Let's get on the plane and go home because we stink. And Bill Guerin, too, at the, in his opening press conference when he was hired, said, you know, all the tools are here. And, I, you know, that was more of lip service, I think, to, that he was in an introductory press conference. He's not going to say, sure. we're going to be bad. We are, we are going to well, come here and we're going to be bad. As much as Judd and I would uh, love to hear that, uh, that wasn't going to happen. Uh, and now I think he is coming to grips. I mean, just seeing him in the press box. He's standing up, walking back and forth in yeah. his suite. I mean, leaning can, against the wall, you, looking you dour. Can, you can see into that press box, and you can tell that he is realizing I have got some work on my hands. And, and he's I, not in Pittsburgh and, anymore. And this is this was totally out of their control. But starting six of your first seven out out on the road True. too is just brutal. That's awful. Even though they got their one victory out on the road, but to come home now to try to sell this 
steaming pile to your home <laughs> fan base right now for the next 40 home games. Uh, and look at the second half. That place is going to be it's going to be a death march. That place is going to be empty. How bad? February, March. Ugh. How bad does that? I mean, it looked bad at the time two months ago when it or three months ago when it happened. But how bad does that Zuccarello signing look now? Yeah, it was, it was considering. I mean, it was stupid at the time, and I understand that that was that was a Fenton thing. It wasn't a Bill Guerin right. thing. But you just look at where this team is right now. They gave him a five year contract, a thirty two year old. No movement either. I mean, and now he's he's <laughs> well. You got to go to all of those he's hurt, and you've got to go to all of those guys with no no move contracts that can be you know stay here and be, stay here and be miserable. Zach and Ryan, I think, are stuck because yeah, of the numbers. Zach would like out, but there's some serious uh, potential cap ramifications if they trade him, especially if he retires. Then, so Zach and Ryan might be stuck. But outside of that, I think you can go to Miko. I think you can go to Mats. I think you can go to Stahl. Zucker for sure now and say, all right, where can we send, you know, let's, we don't need a ton for you. We'll get draft picks, whatever we get for you. But do you want to go to a contender? Do you want to get out of here? Yeah. And Miko, you know what? Go win, go play third or fourth line for a contender and win some faceoffs in March. Good for you. That's awesome. But you don't want this. And I also want to clear, I want to play kids as much as possible and empower them. Because the one thing, the one thing that scares me is I don't want, that room, and it's definitely got, got potential because we've been down this road before. I don't want that room to go really, really bad, and now those kids are ruined. You know, now those kids have seen guys that are like a bleak. Yeah, there's nothing and, like uh, experiencing bad hockey, but if you've got poison in the room as well, yeah. that, uh, that sticks. Well, and Ryan Donato and Greenway and that whole group of guys should not be hearing Jason Zucker basically try and call the coach out. Yeah, it's bad. If I'm Billy Guerin, I don't need that. that that's, I think that's what's the most to- toxic is that these young players aren't just experiencing the losses. They're having to deal with these bad apples. And we've seen, we've already seen this locker room before not have its great moments in, in the locker room. So this is, this is a, it's a huge issue. And, and with Zucker, I just, I don't get the self aware. I mean, how do you not have any self awareness to say something like that? If, if you're Guerin or Leopold, how do you deal, or even Bruce? How do you deal with what Zucker said last night? How do you address those comments? Because I think it's something that any organization, if someone says that about the guy in charge when things are going bad, when there's not a lot of credibility anywhere, something has to be done. If you're going to start to try and build some sort of culture when you are younger, which they are right now, you can't let this slide. Well, they did they have a are they off today or do they have a practice today? That I don't know. Because uh, they, they might be that will be addressed again. It will come up again oh, yeah. uh, in, in question. So I, that's, I think, I don't know if Zucker needs to necessarily apologize to Boudreau, but he at least needs to know the ramifications of what he said yeah. and why that why that just isn't going to fly. I don't know if it needs to go all the way up to ownership. I don't even know if Garen needs to address it. I think it's between Bruce and Zucker. If I'm Garen, I, I address it privately with Jason for sure. sure. But yeah, I don't need to talk to, to the press about it. But it's just, you know, and I, I tweeted l- last night that, if it was me personally, I wouldn't play Jason on Sunday. I would just say you're you're scratched for this game. I'm not gonna. You can't do that. And I got the, yeah, well, that, well, well, you didn't hear the tone tweets, and you don't know how he. I don't care what the tone was. He chose not once but twice in different ways. Yes, to call out the coach and this poor guy. <laughs> and I know he's getting paid well, but Boudreaux, after every one of these games, has to go and face Russo and Sarah and that whole group and explain this direct that he's trying to coach. 
and now he's part of the problem? No, 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 no. And, and in Bruce, in Bruce's, to his credit, after the loss against Toronto on Tuesday, I think I think it was Mike kept saying, "Well, your team's just so slow." I mean, and Mike's right; they're really, really slow because they're really old in some ways. And Bruce finally looked at Mike and said, "But this is what we have." Yeah. And that's the truth. But I mean, that's as close as anyone has come to saying we're just not going to be good. Like let's let's all catch up to the enough reality. Of the, enough here. of the fantasy that yes. we're going to catch up and let's, play a speed game. Let's get on. Let's get on the reality train here. And as I keep saying, just embrace the suck. And that's the awareness. That's Bruce. That's what awareness is right there. Is Bruce Boudreaux saying that is that we don't have speed and this is this is the team that we have. So and there's nothing that's going to be. There's no magic pill. I, I think even use that term. That's going to make these guys faster all of a sudden. They're, they're stuck with them. Hey, Murphy, did you see d- during your time around the team in, I think it was the second half of last year, mm-hmm. what did you see coming at that time? Oh, I saw I, I saw a sense of divide. You know, not, not divide as in like uh, against each other, but there was going to be a clear demarcation from the older uh, veteran players with no move contracts that were going to start bogging down this roster and an inability to get quality ice time to younger players who need that development right there. I just, you, you just sense that there was not enough um, strategy for that, handling that. Cause they, I mean, they were, they were kind of last year, it was a slow decline, you know, last year in the second half. Couldn't win a home game, uh, couldn't get off the Schneid on the road. Um, I just, I just felt like that there was a, you, you could sense that this was a team, I don't want to say that was going to be fractured. It was just a team that was, not cohesive in terms of its age, in terms of its skill set, and in terms of its its uh, its capabilities. I didn't see it coming coming like down this like bad. this. No, it's there's a long way to go for this team. I think, and I, I do want to get into what the light at the end of the tunnel looks like. How long this is going to take for the Wild to dig out of that? That's what I I want you guys to dive into next. This is Score North Live. Score North on fifteen hundred. A little bit of a Minnesota Wild roundtable for the first couple segments here. No Rami today. He's off. I'm Danny Cunningham with Brian Murphy, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff with us. So at least for the the Minnesota Wild roundtable. We'll be back after this on the Score North mobile app available for your Apple and Android devices. There's nothing like watching wild hockey. Live and in person at XL Energy Center. The sound of the puck on the boards, the excitement of the stands, and fans cheering on their favorite hockey team. Tickets remain for 2019 2020 home games, including special ticket packs that include unique experiences or merchandise. For the best ticket locations, check out wild.com backslash ticks. That's wild.com backslash TIX. There's nothing like it. Wild hockey. We'll see you at the X. It's it's frustrating and, and it is baffling. I mean, you, know, you guys are at every one of our practices. We work on this stuff um, very religiously, and so I mean, um, but I, I think Mike said it or Kevin said it earlier is that I mean <clears throat> they're so tight because they want to they want to have success. They're not doing the right things. So uh, uh, good thing we got a couple days off, and you know hopefully we can you know we play these guys again, and it's. It's probably the best thing that can happen is playing the same team, you know, usually. So hopefully we'll see it if it works. 
Score North Live here on Score North on 1500 AM, scorenorth.com, and the all-new Score North mobile app available for Apple and Android devices. If you want to jump in the conversation, talk in Minnesota Wild, 651-646-8255. I'm Danny Cunningham with a little bit of a Minnesota Wild hockey roundtable joined by Brian Murphy, Declan Goff, and Judd Zolgad. Teased before the end of last segment that this looks like it's a uh, the, the Wild are in a dark place. And there has to be a light at the end of the tunnel because there always is. I'm just curious, and I want to get the opinion from each of you. And, Brian, I'll start with you. How far away is that light? Like, how long is this road for them to be remotely relevant again? Well, at 1-6, and six, and I've said before, the way they look it, uh, it's a long road right now. Because I don't know what you're selling right now. You're not selling the development and the promise of the youth. Um, you're not saying – you're not selling a, maybe – Sayonara to Miko and Zach and Eric because they're probably not going anywhere. Um, what are you selling? That's what I want to know. I mean, where your your hope is the guy up in the booth, you know, the, the Bill Guerin is going to be able to find a way to 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 kind of unravel this. And I I don't see I, I you look up at him. I just looked up at him Saturday night, and oh, he yeah. just looks like a guy. That he's wondering what what have I got myself into and how am I going to get myself out of this because there's just nowhere to go. Yeah, my hands are. I mean, you can literally see you can see the handcuffs on him. You can literally see the handcuffs on him. There's not a thing he can do right now. Yeah, he's frustrated and and look, he's coming from Pittsburgh. He's coming from a world class organization. I know Paul Fenton was in Nashville for a while and and they've been relevant this decade. But I mean, Pittsburgh has won Stanley Cups. He has Sidney Crosby and Guy Malkin at his disposal. And now he has uh, Eric Stahl and Joel Erickson Eck at his disposal. So he knows. Not that Eck. Eck not, was whipping out of uh, Bell Center last yeah, night with a walking walk. We forgot about bringing that up, too. Yeah, that's, and that's a huge issue right now, too, with their centers. I mean, if, if Eck is out and you're going to have Donato at center, I guess, Rask is also dealing with a lower body injury and he doesn't touch the ice for more than five minutes a night, it seems, when he's out, when he does a, when he does dress. And right now they have no hope basically at, at forward essentially you're waiting in mother russia for for K- kirill kaprizov that's your light at the end of the tunnel is kirill kaprizov and there's still no real guarantee if he does actually come over here i think he is but there's no guarantee yes on that high draft pick i mean you're going to be so bad that you're going to have if i don't think i think they're going to be bad enough that they're almost going to get for sure a top five pick right because that that thing is I don't think if you're awful, you, you can fall to like 11 or something. I think they're now. projected to win about 12 games right now. Okay, so <laughs> that, I, uh, that's bad. I'm confident in in the pick. Now, I don't think that there's one necessarily dominant player in this draft, but there are a group of players. You get Kaprasov, and if I'm if I'm the Wild, I got my slogans: embrace the suck and wait for Cap. <laughs> Waiting on cap. Because you aren't, like, this year's done. It's over. How You're, would you like to be in the marketing department having to have those? Yeah, that, I do you feel know bad. I'll come to tonight's job. game. I'll, I'll embrace the, the suck, wait for cap, but still come and spend all your money <laughs> no, tonight. No, you're not going to, and I appreciate that. And I will take a job right now because this this is the ground floor of how you win championships in 2019. We see the secret sauce. The Orioles have it right now. Philadelphia 76ers for how many years? Now, that was too long. But the original idea it was of too long the because their guys got hurt yes. before they got good. Um, Hockey's much more of a crapshoot, though. I mean, you're getting these kids at 18 years old, and I, you know, what, yeah. are they going to be ready to step there's right nothing, in? But there's or, nothing else that you can yeah. do. You have to go down this path. So if if it's me, I am because there's that's the thing is we've all we just have to know that the realistic hope for 2019-20 is gone. It walked out the door the day they dropped the puck, and that's that's that. 
But if you get Kaprasov here, which you have to now, and you have to pay him, and, and I believe that uh, it's been reported that the guy that he it plays on the wing with in the KHL wants to come come here. So his, his oh, now it's a package center deal. Iceman yeah. wants to come here, which I'm fine with. Again, I'll be more than happy to take him. And if I get a, the draft pick, and I because my blue line's still not awful now. Now, if I have anyone up front who, who I can start to trust starting next uh, season, and my blue line has the components of Spurgeon and Dumba, and if Brodine is here, he's a solid player. I don't think he's dynamic, but he's solid. Yep. And my goaltending can stabilize a bit. I'm not assuring great things for 2000. 2021, but Danny, I think that you can start to pretty quickly here formulate a plan that that gets you around the corner of this year, which is going to be disastrous. But this year's been coming for two or three years. So, like, like I didn't think they'd get this bad, but I can't say I'm shocked. So, what are the next steps of this? Like, what do they have to? Because they're not going to be good this year, and there's nothing that they can do to make themselves good this year. And even if there were, it's probably ill-advised to chase something that's unattainable this year. Absolutely. What are the steps for this year? What moves are there to be made? What can they do to try and maybe make the future a little bit brighter in the meantime during these dark days? Um, if you want to start uh, with, with me, I would say this. I, I, I would liken this to an old tree where, where you just go up there and start to trim some shrubs off and some branches off that are rotting. You metaphor don't time. Cut, you you yeah. don't just cut the whole thing down? Uh, no, because there's no, 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 no. There's young pieces I want to know. You still about. want some shade? Yeah, I, the Fiala <laughs> shade. The Fiala shade, which of course sounds weird. You, no, I want that. And Greenway, if these guys can play, there is no rule right now that says they stink. They're not on a good team now, and they're young, and they're Donato. not dynamic. But can they play? But I all. But the one thing that I'm going to, to do pretty quickly here at probably a small return of, I don't know, prospects or draft picks, is go to a guy like Koivu and say, Miko, what can we do here? How can we help you? Eric Stahl, if you can skate it all again, and I don't know, you can, but if you can, you know, third line, decent team. Let's help you out. You might play into June. Yes, exactly. Give you a chance. Because you've got no chance here. And, and I'm not joking around when I say the one thing that if I'm Garen would scare me is I don't want a bunch of bitter, spurned veteran guys being like, well, we hate this and we hate Bruce. And that uh, rubbing off potentially on my young group. Yeah, that's that. that's the it. danger right there. Because what you have is you've got an impressionable young group uh, of players who have not established themselves yet. Who are watching all of this play yeah. out? They are experiencing it all. You know, if you're 21, 22 years old, you know you can ha- you can handle losing because you're looking at it. You know, you're thinking your career's another ten or fifteen years down the road. If you're Miko Koivu, if you're Eric Stahl, if you're Zach Parisi, and you're looking at a fifteen to twenty one season, as you call it, the death march, um, that can't help but rub off negatively on the rest of the the dressing room. And you know. If you're if you're Bill Guerin and you can find a way to offload some of these contracts, you know you have no uh, uh, emotional connection to any of these players. You never signed them, you never yeah. extended them, you never traded for them. Um, you've got the green light to burn it down. You're going to have to start doing that. Right. And if you can do that internally this season, then that's creative and that's that's something he should embrace. But I don't know if there's going to be a market for that. That's yeah. That's the hardest part is you can sure. if you want to go to those veteran players and be like, what can we do to help you? Do you want out of here? And that'd be great for the team's financial and morale uh, for for both of those sides. But I don't know what your. I think the return is almost not 
valid. Like, it's not really that big of important. Like, the return what oh, you're getting care. when you're selling off those veterans isn't that much important. I'm with you. And hockey is also a reward system mm-hmm. in, in the games. And we saw that on Saturday against the Penguins when they made a little rally and scored three goals in that third period. It was Felino and Hartman on the ice and not Zucker. Not, or, or I think Zucker was, but none of the young players. No, no Cunnins, no X, no Greenways. And I think as time goes on, I think Bruce will then will now just start putting these younger players, and what he should be doing is putting these younger players in situations where they're going to have to deal with stress and 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 be ready for that. Because right now, them sitting on the bench is not going to do anything. So that that's such the hard that's the hard part that they're in. And with these younger players not taking a step, the good news is is they're all on bridge deals. So in two years, I mean, things do start to financially a little bit open up, and you can cut bait if you want on a Greenway or Cunning because they didn't take a step forward with you. And how how difficult is it financially to move some of these contracts right now, though? Parisian, oh, it's, Suter, it's, unmovable, those are, Yeah, their numbers are huge. Zach would be great to move. But it's the no-trade clauses that yeah, are really problematic. That's the killer. More so than the money. They're giving out like candy now, though. It just drives yeah, me, that's, it drives that's me crazy. The trend. They, they give the, those things out. I mean, why did Eric Stahl, when Eric Stahl re-signed last year, he got a no-trade clause still. Makes no sense. It's limited, isn't it? Yes, yeah, but it's it still limited, makes but still, yeah, no sense. But it makes no sense. Zuccarello, like you already you signed him to a five year contract, which I think it was reported the next best was what three years. Yeah, it was you know, and you still have to give him a no move, no trade clause. That was a show me the money contract. He did not. I I highly doubt Matt Zuccarello came into free agency looking like man. I really want to go play in Minnesota. Sure. It was it was the money, the money mm-hmm. talk there, and the no movement clause talked. And he looked really great in the preseason. You essentially thought. He's going to replace Mikhail Granlin as the playmaker and, and a guy that can set people up. And through the first four games of the season, I mean, he, with Stahl, had been just brutal. And, and, and the drop-off from the training camp, which we've seen time and time in sports, is you have to take that with a grain of salt, and that's exactly what happened. Because Zuccarello looked great in the preseason, but he has looked awful, and these veterans are... You're, you're stuck with these veterans. I, I, I really... If, I don't think there's a way that Matt Zuccarello gets traded this year. I think it's it, if Dubnik might be the one that you can move. I know he has a limited trade clause, but he's on a really good contract. He's only getting paid four million dollars, and with what goalies have been earning lately, I mean that's a, that's a bargain. Even with Dubnik's play slowing down, I think the Wild can offset can can, can get rid of him. And, and at the deadline, when there's a team that's looking for a goaltender, oh yeah, if one of their starters goes down for injury, like you mentioned, St. Louis. I mean, they came up with uh, you know they they found their goaltender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, I was. What do you think? Um, do you think Bruce Boudreau is equipped to sort of handle a tank? I mean, this is a guy that that came up through the ranks with Washington to that team that developed into one of the elite teams. He came here with an edict, I'm going to win and I'm going to win now. I've got a veteran team. Is he the kind of guy you want behind the bench stewarding a tank? So he said, and I, I forget where I read this or if I was told this during the course of last year, that he basically was asked that internally. Can you handle... Uh, I don't think they called it a tank. They, they said, if we're going to hit a restructuring, the reset a button yeah. of this team. And Bruce was like, I've never done it before, but yeah, I could. I like Bruce a lot. Is he my first choice for this? Right now, I'm fine with it. Long term, absolutely not. I think Bruce is... I, I see jobs right now, seven games in, that are Boudreaux jobs. The Devils, off to a bad start. That should be a good team, potentially. I'll give you one. Dallas. Oh yeah, da- Mont- Dallas Montgomery's is getting fired. Dallas is underachieving up a storm, and they're supposed to be really good. Or yeah, yeah. they're supposed to be a really good team. Uh, so if I'm Garen, I am. There is no way r- right now that I'm going to make Bruce my my uh, 
football guy, mm-hmm. partially because I don't want these players to think that this is not them. I, there's no, I'm not going to go in and That's be like, very convenient. I fired Boudreaux and now we're going to, because I'm going to say, no, you're still not I'm good. looking at, for the spark. And you're still not good. So that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but I do think that, that come springtime, it would probably be very fair because Bruce would, would get, get a job very quickly. Um, that I would say, you know what, Bruce, contract is done. It's been great. You, you were brought here with a purpose. That purpose now is long gone. I'm going to go with probably a younger coach because this is going to take some time here. Like this is not, I I think things could improve immediately as far as what we see next season, but I'm not telling you that this is going to be a playoff team next season. No. And I think Bill Guerin's going to want his guy. I mean, any new GM is going to want to have their guy, not, and and it's not an anti Bruce uh, bent. It's just that, you know, they're going to want their person and it, especially if they feel like it needs to be um, a rebuild reset and it's going to trend younger. Um, it's not going to fit Bruce's, you know, wheelhouse right now. He's I mean, Bruce be, is a guy that should be taking a veteran team deep into the playoffs. He's going to be sixty-five in January. Yeah, he doesn't want to. So do he this. doesn't want to go through this. I don't think. Trade him to Dallas right now. <laughs> well, I don't think you can blame him though. You, no, you, you can't. can't blame him for not no. necessarily wanting to be part of this situation oh, no. long term. No, I don't. No, I have. I don't think Bruce Boudreaux owns any of this. None of this is – what has he done wrong? I mean, in fact, I feel bad for him. I feel right. bad for yeah. a coach that was – and this has happened in other sports too. A, a great example is Teron Lue in Cleveland. After LeBron left mm-hmm. the Cavs to go to the Lakers, Teron Lue got fired in a situation very similar to this last year after like seven games because the Cavs hadn't won yet, but he had a roster full of guys that didn't know how to win because the best player in basketball left to go out west. That's kind of what this is. I know they didn't have a, a talent like that leave, but it's a situation that this coach just didn't sign up for. Bill Guerin is smart too. And Bill Guerin w- was a captain type, you know, a guy. He, I guarantee you that Billy has gone in that room, looked around and been like, oh boy, this ain't right. Uh, so he is not, I, it's too easy right now to call in Bruce and say, you're done here and then go to the team. And cause, cause you know, what are they going to do? Hand it well, over to the assistants? Yeah. yeah. But you know, Darby. this te- but you know, this team, the veterans are going to say, good, that's what we needed. And they'll go on one of their stupid little point streaks that are that are just drive you. You know, seriously. Yeah, they do. The furious rally Saturday night out of nowhere. Oh, we're going to try hard now. And it's the the thankful thing now is they're not good enough for the most part to complete that. But Garen's a smart dude, and there's no way that he is. I, I think going to be going to give the veterans on this team the satisfaction of saying, "See, it was Bruce." Because that's what they'd say. You know what, Murph? You know that they're going to say if they fire Bruce. Yeah, it wasn't. Bruce. There's a reward to that. Yes. And there shouldn't be a reward. To they, no. did the, they did the same thing when Yo got fired. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 started they quit playing. on Yo. Yep, they completely quit on Yo. And not saying if these guys are quitting on Bruce, but it was the same sort of situation. They There's changed the coach. To quit on. They haven't started yet. Right. <laughs> they're not good enough to quit. They're not good enough. Yeah, right. They, they don't have simple. the talent to quit on a coach. But it was the same thing. Uh, like Yo got fired, and then all of a sudden, those guys is just they just started playing better. And this is not to overrate Bruce Boudreau, but everywhere he's gone prior to Minnesota, he's had superstars at his disposal. I mean, he had Ovechkin, Washington, he had Perry and Getzlaff in, in Anaheim, and the, he doesn't have that here. Even when he had the great first season where the Wild had 100-plus points and had home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs, I mean, they got figured out by Mike Yo too, by the way, and Mike Yo was able to, to trap them. So... They need Bruce. I feel bad for him, and that's, again, it's not to overrate him, but he needs a superstar here. He needs someone to work with it as talent up front right now. I don't think I'm going too far in saying they have no skill. Like, watch them try and score goals. Watch them try and it's a they, joke. Last night, 
Fiala. Did, it didn't look like they had the puck. Yeah. Like, there was no... Carey Price, Carey Price is probably, in, in a long, illustrious Hall of Fame career, never had an easier shutout <laughs> than he had last <laughs> night. They had 15 shots. And Oof. the Wild destroy Carey Price consistently, yes, which is did. also really funny. Like, they've, they've had his number for years. They, they had won nine in a row in Montreal, you guys. Yeah. And that's some not great teams. That's some a okay. tough building to yes. play in, too. Yeah. But last night, they look like they, they can't... That's... If they clean up the the uh, barrage of quick goals, I'm telling you, they're going to lose two to one. Right. Well, we knew that. That's what we were talking about yeah. going into this season, right? How are they going to produce? It's going to have to be a shot from the point going off somebody's rump, which yep. it did, and you that's know. exactly what happened. And that's a, a little more bearable. But I mean, they've been outscored 29 to 14 in seven games. It's really bad. It's two goals a game. Yep, and it's the not pi- good. and the Pittsburgh miserable. And the it's, Pittsburgh yeah. game was. Uh, Typical. Yeah, they made it look better. Yeah, that was that was a one sided. They were. That was calls. over after the yes, first period. Exactly right. So, so when this process completes, what's it look like, and how long away is that? And Murph, I'll start with you. And this is how we'll kind of wrap things. But there has to be some positivity for this team ahead, whether it's three years from now, five years from now. What does the end goal of this process look like? Well, like Judd said, you get you get yourself a hot shot prospect, and and that person, that player, can come in and make an immediate impact. And you get your fan base excited. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time they drafted somebody where people were actually out there buying. Probably Gabrick. I mean, was he the last game breaker that they yes. actually yeah. drafted that you could say, okay, he's going to come in at 18 years old. Now, granted, it was an expansion team, right. but he's going to come in, he's going to make this team, and he's going to be an impact player. Everybody else they've developed, uh, drafted has been a development project. So they don't have, they, they need to have that, as you mentioned, top five prospect that's. People are going to go out and buy the jerseys for right. it, and the people are going to be ready for him to come in and make an impact. Now, what are you going to be able to get, I think, at the trade deadline for maybe De- Devin Dubnik? He might be your best asset, most, your most movable asset. Yeah. And then are you going to be able to offload? Are you going to be able to go to Miku Koivu? Are you going to be able to go to Eric Stahl and say, for the sake of you wanting to go and maybe finish your career somewhere on a winner, are you willing to do X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Those are the things that come to mind right away. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's getting a top pick. It's it's not just getting the fifth or fourth. It's getting the top overall pick to get Buzz back in here. And NHL prospects are take time. They're like baseball prospects. They get drafted fifth overall. You're not going to see them for four or five years. Nope. So very your, rare. Your your best bet is to get a prospect that you can market and sell. And even when they've drafted guys like Brent Burns or even Matt Dumba, there was never a real buzz about them. I mean, they were they were supposed to be viewed as good prospects long term, but no one said. I can't wait to go buy his jersey on that draft night. And that in never fairness, happened. the team never put that on that player either. The Correct. team is going to put that on this player if they get a t- the number one overall pick. So I think it's it's Kaprizov and getting a number oh, one overall pick. Say. They've got that guy, though. It's Kaprizov. Right. I'm getting my jersey today. I'm in on Kaprizov. All right, go you get him then. over here. You get him over here. No, but I mean, he's going to step in. The KHL is a damn good league. Yeah, it's it, good. It, it's a legit league. Now, now I, I wish th- that he was uh, not a winger, but he is. But that's fine. If you get a guy here... And you've got a semblance of a first line that that has a guy who can score. Murph, back to Gabrick. He's the last guy where you said sniper. I agree. He's, he's the, the last only... guy. Where, he's the last player that when his he had the puck on his stick, things could happen. Oh yeah, he's that the was twenty years ago. But when he's, they got him. he's the only sniper in franchise history, guys. Parisi's a hardworking player who who at his height was a really nice player, but he worked his ass off to get what in front of the net, score goals. Greasy goals. Greasy goals. But when we're talking, but when we're talking about one of the most desired things in hockey, which is I shoot the puck, and the goaltender can see it and still can't stop it. Sniper. 
Yeah, those are those. Connor they've, McDavid. They've had one. Yeah, they've had one. They've had one. Brian Rolson to an extent, and that was more of a complimentary piece to Gabby. Yeah, I mean that was a nice right. But, but I'm that, talk, that's the point. But I'm talking to Murph's point. I'm talking. You buy the jersey. He's can score. Let's. Put it at 40, 42. Does this kid speak any English? Do they got to go through that? Declan might know that. I, I think he knows a little. I, I I would not say he's fluent in English. I don't care what he's I, he's, I, he's not going to be over at the local SA uh, right, as, right away selling as, product. As long as he <laughs> speaks goals. Him. Yeah, yes. he speaks goals and you make this Russian, make this the Russian, and guess make what? this Putin's favorite team is it's, what I would say. It's <laughs> And guess what? It's never the coach's fault. Just, no. to, just tell them the one thing in Russian, in English, I don't care. Never say it's the coach. Yeah, never trash your coach. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Not a good move. Yeah, but the the Wild are a bad team, and that's what I, I do want to get into coming back. And, and Declan, thank you for your time with the, the hockey roundtable. But Judd is old. Brian has been around for a while. He's experienced, oh, wow. we'll say. He's sort of old, too. I'm, I'm kind of old, too, but no, I guess. No, he's experienced. Yeah. Judd's old. <laughs> I want to talk about the worst teams that we've ever covered because we've been in a lot of locker rooms. This is a bad hockey team right now, but there have been some real bad teams that we've all covered, and that's a fun topic I want to get into. This is Score North Live on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com.